1: What is truth? You know, isn't that amazing? Have you ever thought about how we can think something that is not true, but others can consider it truth? Today, I want us to consider what do we base our lives on? How do we know what's true? And more importantly, how do we know what's a lie? just because someone says something doesn't make it so and the only way we really know what a lie is is if we know the truth the only way to understand what counterfeit money looks like is to understand all the details all the nuances of real money and so today on like it matters radio we're gonna ask that question truth or fiction and by the way This is a question that's been asked for millennia. Remember, it was Pontius Pilate who asked Jesus, what is truth? And by the way, if you don't know, he never waited around for the answer. Even though Jesus was the one that said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. And in John 18, it talks about that. And so today, we're going to consider what is truth? Because if you don't know what truth is, then how will you know what a lie is? And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to be joined by David Zimmer. Now, Mr. Zimmer is a policy fellow at Minnesota-based Center of the American Experiment. Experiment, And just a couple years ago, in 2021, The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension began documenting the race because we seem to be so wrapped up in race today. We've become very racist. So the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension began documenting the race of criminal offenders in all crimes. And so David Zimmer will be discussing the truth, the data. About racial disparities in the criminal justice system. Because today we're being told a lot of things that are lies are the truth. That's why it's something I I have on this radio show called truth therapy. It's to identify the lie and replace it with the truth. But here's the problem. There's something going on called fifth generation warfare. It's a warfare for the narrative. It's a warfare for the belief system. Why do you think social media bans people? Did you see what happened with NASCAR? A young driver, 25, 26 years old, liked a meme about George Floyd. He hit a button on social media. And he was given an indefinite suspension. Now we find out he's suspended from two races. And what did he do wrong in the land of the free, the home of the brave? What did he do wrong in the land where freedom of speech is a bedrock? He pushed a button with a thumbs up, a blue thumbs up. For something that the deep state doesn't agree with. So today we're going to take a look at. Is it true? Is the criminal justice system as racist as the rest of America is? Because today, all that seems to matter is skin color. If I say I want to hire somebody and I only want a woman for this or I only want a man for this, only a man can do this job, only a woman can do this job, you know what I'd be called? I'd be called a sexist because my only focus is on the sex of the person. If I wanted a young person... Or if I wanted an old person, I said, Nope, I want a young person for this job. I need someone with energy. Oh, nope, I need an old person for this job. I need someone with wisdom. You know what you'd call me? You'd call me an ageist. If I had a job, and I, this is a true story, by the way, one of the guys I coached, we used to work for a healthcare system up there in Minnesota, and he did data centers. And some of the data centers had to, you know, all these you know, boxes, computers, all this, and, and you had to climb around and crawl around and get under stuff and do all stuff. And they were looking to replace somebody. And this guy was, was really seriously overweight uh, and not that mobile. And this person that they were hired would have to get into small things and crawl under things all that. And so when he interviewed him, he brought that up and he asked, would that be a problem? Do you think that would be a problem? And he got in trouble. He was already retiring or would have maybe been fired. You know what he was called an ableist, because he was judging this is silly, isn't it? He was judging who he's going to hire based on are they able to do the job? Isn't that strange? So if you consider, is someone able to do this job and you come up with a reason why you don't believe they're able, they call you an ableist. Now, I don't like the racist thing because there's one human race. It is a lie that there are different races. No. There's only two races, the redeemed and the unredeemed, the saved and the unsaved. Those that know they need a savior and those that think they will be their own savior. Those are the two races. Skin color is nothing more than a genetic determiner. It's a, that's all it is, a genetic marker, just like the shape of our eyes. And so today we're we're gonna make it matter, our time. Great poem by Lewis Gander. Who hugs the little children, abused and all alone? If no one cares to look for them, real but yet unknown who hugs the hurting mothers for many have been used if no one cares to look for them real but yet abuse so many different ways there are the powerful abort the old the young the innocent who have their lives cut short the weak the sick the handicapped are also not exempt from those who hold lives in their hands below their deep contempt Who hugs the unborn babies discarded in the trash? Can life be kissed back into them or brought back with our cash? The rest of us just sit around as if we do not care. But if their targets place on us, oh no, they wouldn't dare. Focused if we are on self, then we will never see. An end to all the violence and more victims there will be. Decisions have been rendered. The damage has been done, though maybe not affecting us. It matters to each one. For God so loved the world, he listens to our prayers. He knows if talk is just mere words or if we truly care. I care. We're in the battle. What are you doing with your time? A house becomes a home when you can write, I love you, on the furniture. So I can't tell you how many countless hours I've spent cleaning. I used to spend at least eight hours every weekend making sure things were just perfect in case someone came over. Then I realized one day that no one came over. They were all out living life and having fun. Now when people visit, I find no need to explain the condition of my home. They're more interested in hearing about the things I've been doing while I was away living life and having fun. If you haven't quite figured this out yet, please heed this advice. Life is short, so enjoy it. Dust if you must. But wouldn't it be better to paint a picture, write a letter, bake a cake or plant a seed, or even ponder the difference between want and need? Dust if you must, but there's not much time, with rivers to swim and mountains to climb, music to hear and books to read, friends to cherish and life to lead. Dust if you must, but the words out there, with the sun in your eyes, the wind in your hair, a flutter of snow, a shower of rain, this day will not come around again. Dust if you must, but bear in mind, old age will come and it's not kind. And when you go and go you must, you yourself will make more dust. It's not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells what kind of life you've lived. And remember, a layer of dust protects the wood beneath it. I don't know who wrote that, but it's so true. What are you doing with your time? Well, I'm in Sturgis, South Dakota, the 83rd annual bike rally. I'm out here making it matter. And now I'm doing a radio show, and we're going to talk about truth or fiction. Are we being fed some truth that's going to change the world, or are we being fed lies to turn us against each other? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to find that out. We'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like it matters
0: radio with Scott Black. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 800-210-7907. 800-210-7907. 800-210-7907. That's 800-210-7907. Welcome back
1: to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. And today, we're going to be a little more focused on the education. And by the way, uh, yes, I will be in class next week. I am in Sturgis right now for the uh, 83rd annual bike rally. This is my eighth year. I'm with an organization called FreeBikeWash.org. And then I will be heading home after the rally, and I'll be in Vegas next week uh, teaching a class. That class is is full. I do not have any openings, and so my apologies, but I will be in Dallas-Fort Worth doing Leadership Awakening uh, October, I'm sorry, September, I think it's 19th through 21, and I'll be back in the Twin Cities October 16th through 18th, and we will have our first leadership adventure pre-COVID uh, on the uh, last weekend of September. So just go to likeitmatters.net, and you can find out all the information. Uh, the guy's name, Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson, Legend Legacy Motor Club, part ways after driver's NASCAR suspension. So he lost his job. He was indefinitely suspended. And what did he do? He saw a meme on social media uh, that was about George Floyd, uh, possibly disparaging, probably. Uh, And he pushed the button, that little thumbs up thing, the like thing. And for that, he was indefinitely suspended. uh, And now he has lost his basically career uh, in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Why? Because of a narrative. And today we're going to be talking about this. I have a Fox News article written by today's guest. It says, what if the George Floyd narrative is false? The death of George Floyd here in Minnesota sparked a a burst of lawlessness, not just in Minneapolis, but across the country. When the riots ended, the country began a years-long examination of race relations not seen since the end of the civil rights era of the 1960s. Much of that conversation centered on the criminal justice system, and specifically the widely accepted narrative that the system is rigged against black people at every stage. While some of this national reckoning on race has been helpful, activists have used Floyd's death to push forward an entire movement on diversity, equity, inclusion. That's gone beyond the criminal justice system and infiltrated schools, corporations and every aspect of society, all based on the narrative that the system is biased against black skinned people. And the question is this. And we want to answer this question, today. What if that narrative is false? And David Zimmer is a policy fellow specializing in crime and public safety at Minnesota-based Center of the American Experience, Experiment, sorry about that. He's the author of Dispelling the Myth of Unwarranted Racial Disparities in Minnesota's Criminal Justice System. And without further ado, let's welcome David Zimmer to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, David?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I wish I was with you out in Salt (laughs) Lake.
1: you, you know, if you were here in Sturgis with me, you'd have to get some knee pads on. We'd be washing bikes together and drying bikes and talking about our Lord. So that's what I do here. It's a, it's a mission trip, but I I enjoy this is my eighth year. So, but what you and I are doing, David, is way more important. Uh, I, I believe in the truth. Uh, and boy, the the, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Uh, but also a lack of truth can bind you up. And right now, wow. Uh, I, 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 bled red, white, and blue. I was in the military. Uh, I was, I, I marched for my country. I've done a lot of things. Uh, and, man, I'm confused right now and a little disappointed. That's why we have you on. And I really appreciate it. I know you're sought after. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. But so I want to ask you, so first of all, what does your organization, is this a newly formed organization that was formed for this purpose? Or have you been in existence for a while? Tell us a little bit about uh, the organization that you represent, Center of the American Experience. Experiment. Sorry. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, Center has
2: been around for about 30 years here in Minnesota, and it's a policy think tank here in Minnesota. Um, We try to, you know, push effective policy in a number of different areas health care, education, governance. Um, And after the social unrest um, stemming out of the George Floyd incident, the Center decided that public safety and criminal justice was an area that we needed to focus on. So uh, they went to their donors and uh, raised me and created a a new fellowship that um, I was fortunate enough to join after I retired. Uh, After a 33-year career in law enforcement, I joined Center last year as their uh, public safety and criminal justice policy fellow.
1: Well, and I, I love my law enforcement. You know, I'm actually connected pretty closely to Jay Wiley, a law enforcement today, podcast and radio. So uh, I, I believe our LEOs are under attack. And I believe, uh, uh, you know, we're all flawed. I believe in the good book and the, my Lord. And my uh, my Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. Uh, those are men and women that wear a uniform. Uh, and like every other human being, they're flawed. Uh, but I believe that uh, for God so loved the world, he did something about it. For a police officer so loves his community, he does something. About it, so thank you for your service, uh, and I'm excited about today's message. So, so you didn't actually do the study, did you? Your organization, because uh, is it the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension? How, how did it go? Did they do it, and you guys just took a look at the data? How did this whole report come to be?
2: No, that's a great question. Um, I did the report, I did the study, but I used some data that was uh, just became available last year for the first time ever. In Minnesota, we are now reporting offender status or offender data by race, and prior to that, we didn't have that data available to. To do analysis and, and figure out uh, on a, in a focused way how the different races were being treated in the system we had to start at um, you know generally we started at arrest data and that's always um, criticized because it can be influenced by you know allegedly by police bias and such um, so so I took a look using this new data set Available in 2021 and followed offenders, black and white offenders in Minnesota in 2021 through the system into charging decisions, sentencing decisions, uh, departure decisions. So judges depart from sentencing guidelines and then actually took a look at incarceration data. And they just kind of mapped it all the way through and found some pretty surprising results.
1: Yeah, so did you go in it with any preconceived notions, any prejudice you think? Did you go in there thinking it was going to be one way, or, or did you do your best to go in it just as neutral as possible?
2: Well, you know, I was a police officer for 33 years, and what I saw seem to differ from the narrative out there that the system was was systemically racist. Mm. Um, so I'm sure I went into it with some biases, but yeah. it, the data is what the data is. I Amen. didn't manipulate a thing, that, yep. and That's I was you know, pleased to see that now we finally have data that supports what a lot of people in the system know, that the system is operating fairly.
1: Yeah. And I want to address something because, again, I'm approaching, David, you're a living, breathing human being. Yeah, you have job, you wear uniform, all that stuff. But all that stuff aside, you are a living, breathing human being. You have values. Uh, you have compassion. Uh, you have humaneness, just like every other human being. Now, that can be altered. That can be tweaked. We can be damaged because something bad happened to us, hurting people hurt people. But for you as a former law enforcement officer, this this attack on law enforcement has to it has to shock you a little. It has to kind of bother you a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, certainly. Uh, you know, the last two and a half
2: of my career, um, was dealing with the kind of the fallout of, of all the social unrest, and yeah. I've never seen the the profession so demoralized. And you yeah. see it in the retention and recruitment efforts. They're they're uh, dismal. Uh, Minneapolis just came out with a statement here. They're for three years in a row now they've been losing more officers than they've been able to hire. So you know the uh-huh. chief said it's not sustainable, and that you know nothing could be for, uh,
1: nothing could be more accurate. And I I live in uh, Dallas Fort Worth, but my radio shows based out of Minnesota, Minneapolis. There, and I do a lot of work up there. Uh, I do a training about three to four times a year up there. So I feel like uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis specifically, is like a second home to me. And uh, and I ta- have a lot of friends, have a lot of clients, have a lot of graduates up there. Uh, and when they say the response time and all that, the police officers are treated poorly, and uh, it, and they, it's hard to get. it I just it, it doesn't have a good outcome. I, that's why I think what you're doing is so important, so critical. And here's what I want to know. I don't remember the exact date, so I just Google it. So on May 25th, 2020, that's when the George Floyd, uh, again, Died. Uh, uh, whatever your beliefs are on how he died, he died. So when you said you started, this data came from 2020. When I just want to get this perspective on the timeline. So this data was taken after the George Floyd incident, about six months. And why I say that is because immediately after, there had to be a change in how we dealt with people. So automatically, there was a, a, a I believe, an overcompensation where now we're overly sensitive to who we're pulling over and what we're doing based on skin color. So So I had to believe that based on that, the data is going to be more uh, balanced anyways. And this is what's going to be important because the data you're going to share has already a little bit of the George Floyd effect into it. Already, I think what I would call it, and this is my personal opinion, a bit of an overcompensation based on the narrative that was created. The data that you're going to share after the break... I believe Ari has a little bit of an altered effect because it was six months, May 25th of 2020, is when George Floyd uh, was died, and so this is from 2021. All the data that you're talking about, correct? It is, and great point. And we'll talk about it after the break. awesome. All right, with please stay with us because you're going to find out some truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, listen, are you a 50-year-old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month look you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business and you may be paying too much call Bob and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you look this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years that's right guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years and if you're a smoker or or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, call Bob right now. 800-890-5049. 800-890-5049. 890 5049 That's 800-890-5049. Paid for by Term Direct.
1: If you're confused, lost, lonely, or feel like you're living in a foreign land, you are not alone. This is Scott B. Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. It's this crisis that created Like It Matters Radio in 2015. God charged me to bring hope to the airwaves by bringing clarity to confusion and to help guide people to function at a higher level. We bring true therapy and we need your help. Like It Matters Radio is now available to radio stations across this country. We need Like It Matters Radio in all 50 states, and here's what you can do to help. Please call the program manager of your local radio station. Ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and today we're asking the question, truth or fiction? And the only way we know is something is a lie is if... We know what the truth is. And by the way, as I was reading about uh, George Floyd, I did not remember this, but Floyd had been arrested after a store clerk allegedly alleged that he made a purchase using a counterfeit $20 bill. Again, how does one know what is counterfeit? Anybody that studies real money, all the nuances, all the details, that's the only way that you know something is a lie. You have to compare it to the truth. And so what's going on right now, there's a lot of narratives. And there's something called fifth generation warfare. And what that is, it is a warfare of the narrative. If you can control the narrative, then you control the people. And so we need to make sure that the narratives that we are buying into are truth because everything stems from that narrative. And today we are blessed to be joined by David Zimmer. Uh, David Zimmer is a policy fellow specializing in crime and public safety at Minnesota-based Center of the American Experiment. And David, again, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I want to get to this report. Really important. So on this article, you wrote for Fox News. You asked the question, "Why is this so important to clarify?" And this is your answer: Because decades of policies that gutted accountability for black offenders have subjected black communities to, part- in particular, to disproportionate levels of crime as a result in 2021 black minnesotans were victims of serious and violent crime at 10 times the rate a white minnesotans 10 times boy there's a little racism where you want to look at it uh and I, i want to know about this report david so this was done differently you did something different you said before the break uh something you guys didn't normally do on how you looked at data so how did you start this collecting this data at what point
2: well, I started collecting a last summer, and it took me about six months uh, with data practices requests to Department of Corrections, to our okay. courts, to our uh, state police and and whatnot. But I started about
1: summer of uh, 2022 Okay, and now you said you use the 911 calls as the starting point instead of the arrest. What, what, why is that such a big difference?
2: Well, traditionally, when criminologists and others um, make comparisons, they would always do it by the per capita rate. So they would involve... The entire general population in a computation that was trying to focus on the effects of the criminal justice system on criminals, and it just stands to reason that a more focused look at, you know, how does the system treat criminals would would focus on who the criminals are. Yeah. Um, hopefully, that makes sense. So, yeah, for the well, first I think time what ever, you're and, oh, yeah, go ahead. For the first time ever in 2021, we were able to get at exactly who the criminals were by race and then compare how those racial data sets were treated throughout the system.
1: And what you said in the article, the difference of of how you changed, where you started from, the 911 calls versus the other data, and it says right here, this is significant given that ninety eight percent of white and eighty five percent of black Minnesotans are a law abiding. You stand by that statement, correct? Yes. Yep.
2: And I think and that's I, so important because when we add when we when we add the ninety eight percent or the eighty five percent of completely law abiding citizens into the mix, it just gives us a misleading outcomes, um,
1: misleading information, I guess. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example. And this, I know sounds strange. For some reason I was looking at how many people die from what kind of animals. Uh, and you ready for this? 500 people die a year in Africa from hippopotamuses. Now I know that sounds strange. That sounds strange. But what I'm going to tell you right now, based on that data, I'm going to tell you right now, hippopotamuses are racist because I have a couple (laughs) orphanages in Uganda, uh, uh, Gambia, so I support people, I, I keep 50 people live, I minister to them, I feed them, I share the word of God, I teach them vision and leadership, and you know what, I hate to tell you, they're all black. They're all black, not a single white person. And I'm telling you right now, hippopotamus are killing 500 people a year in Africa. I'm telling you, a majority, if not all of those, are black. So based on that data, then I could say that hippopotamuses are racist. So we can take just any data and, and just extrapolate whatever data we want. That's why this is important, because right. you can basically take it and say anything. But I, I, but right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a logical thinker. When I see that thing, given 98% of white and 80 five percent of Black Minnesotans. There already is a stark difference, huge difference. We got one, the top 15 percent, one, the top two percent. That's already a big difference. So, tell us what you found out. This is important because people need to know the truth. What did you find out as you looked at all this data? Well, uh, yeah, it
2: was it was what people in the system generally know, but now we finally have the data to support it. And what we found was that if you look at serious crimes, the crimes most likely to result in a prison sentence, blacks uh, were represented 10 times more offenders in those crimes than whites in 2021. Um, and it it got worse as the crime got more serious. So, for example, murders, murders, um, Blacks were fifty times more likely to be a murder offender than whites. Did
1: you say uh, fifty five one, zero? Did 50, you say five zero? Five
2: zero. zero. Five zero. Whoa. Robbery one hundred and seven times more likely to be oh a black offender than a white offender. Weapons offenses, 16 to 1. Assault, 16 to 1. Drugs, 5 to 1. So kind of across the board of the serious offenses, um, this data showed that uh, black Minnesotans were disproportionately represented as offenders.
1: But that's not all. They're also disproportionately represented as victims. Is that a true statement?
2: That's Absolutely true, and what um, it seems to validate my analysis is that that same 10 to one ratio for serious offenders is represented at 10 to one for
1: serious crime victims as well in the black community. Yeah. It's just stunning. And you know, this black on black violence versus white on black. I mean, I don't know if they did any research, how many black victims are victims of a white persecutor and how many white victims are victim of a black. Is there any of that data in there?
2: Uh, not in my analysis, okay. but okay. It, it's out there. It's you know
1: mm-hmm. people have studied it, um, okay. but that, that's not what I dealt with in this. Okay. So what is based on what you you put together in the study? Because this is all data. This is your personal feelings aside. We talked about the beginning because we all have we all have biases. Anytime anybody says they don't have biases, they are lying to you. Uh, we all have bias, we right. call it, We have a map of reality. We have experience, we have things that we've seen, things that we've done, we've had years on this planet. So when anybody says they're not biased, they're lying. We need to be aware of our bias so we keep it in check. But we all are biased, it's called an opinion, it's called personal experience, it's called a map of reality, it's called a past. And so that's the key thing. Was there anything that surprised you, because again, you went into it, we talked about this, with. 30 30-some years of experience, so you had your own feeling based on 30 years, three-plus decades of experience. Was there anything that surprised you in this report?
2: Um would not say completely surprised me. I guess um, the the you know the gross disproportion in offenders was it was shocking. I guess so. The, mm. Yeah, that was a bit surprising. But the mm. fact that the system was operating fairly, uh, fairly and legitimately the rest of the way, the way through that's that's what I experience That's what I saw as a practitioner for, like you said, over three decades.
1: Yeah, and and one thing I believe, and again, I, I'm not a professional like you are. I'm just telling you, my, I'm 57 years old. I walk with people intimately, tens of thousands. I've been doing what I do for over 30 years. I, I trade law enforcement. Law enforcement officers actually get 30 post-certified credits for my intensive training. But uh, I, I've seen things, and, and, and I'm telling you right now, uh, that Based on people's belief systems, they act accordingly. And what we're seeing in America today is because so many black people have bought in the narrative that police officers are against them, that white people hate them, that white people are against them. Those belief systems cause us to treat people and act in different ways. That's why I believe what you're doing is so important. So what are you going to do with this information? What do you do with it now? Well, we are you know, we're
2: a policy organization, so we're we're here to try to affect public policy and that's that's what I'm going to do with this. I'm I'm sending it out to judges, I'm sending it to sheriffs and police chiefs and people in the system so mm-hmm. that we can get to a point where we we don't rely on this old narrative that the system yeah. is systemically racist and that's that's really the reason I did this study is because it was my experience in three and a half years or three and a half decades in law yeah. enforcement that virtually every policy started with this flawed narrative that yeah. uh, well we're we're flawed, we're creating disparities, so we need how we do things. Yeah. And, in effect, what we're doing, we, we've gutted accountability in the black community. Yep. Yep. And Amen. they're ones paying
1: the price at yeah. 10 to 1, mm-hmm. you know, victim Amen. ratios. Hey, does, does the public have access to this data, this report? Is there a way for my listeners to get this report or access it? Yes. Uh, so Can our website, American, yeah. yep,
2: americanexperiment.org. And then you can click on the report tab, and all of our reports and policy uh, briefings and such are there.
1: Awesome. Well, David, I know you're a busy man, and uh, saw you on Fox News, and I wanted to grab you as quick as we can. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and if you got more data in the future as you continue building this, please, you always have a home here at Like It Matters Radio. Okay, David? great. Thank you for having right. me on. Oh, you're welcome. God bless you, David. All right, we're going to break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned because I'm going to wrap it up and put a bow on it. I can
2: listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, God encompasses a 360 degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is. Everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule.
1: Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters.
0: Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-246-1687. 246 1687 Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like
1: It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today we've been talking about the truth. You know, it was Jesus himself that said the truth will set you free. See, by the time a child is five years old, and Dr. Alfred Adler, famous psychologist, said that a majority of their map of reality is in place. The Bible says that you raise up a child in the way of God and he will not depart. Meaning if you get that in there at an early stage, even if they go off, if they go into the world, even if they go into their own little things, they're going to eventually come back because it's foundational, it's rooted. So why does all this matter? Because from an article, July 7th, 2017, let me read you the headline. It says lonely, suicide and porn are the most Googled words in the middle of the night from midnight to 3 a.m. I'll say those words again, lonely, suicide, and porn are the most Googled words in the middle of the night from midnight to 3 a.m. Why midnight to 3 a.m.? Because most people are in bed. And so that those that aren't are on their computers and just say, "No, oh, this is what most of them are doing. They're looking for a a reason that they're lonely, or someone to to pin their loneliness on. They're looking for an escape route because the pain of this world is so great. They're figuring out how do they take the easy way out, and they're looking for something to to take some pressure off, to to change their focus a little. Uh, porn. You see, in thirty-one years of going deep with people in their heads and their hearts, I've learned a lot of truths. And one of the big truths is that most people have misfiled their past into the future. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. We put the basic structure that we exist for the next 120 years or whatever we get on this planet. And that structure is in place at a young age. And most people never revisit their belief systems. Everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. This is what the connecting dot is about fifth generation warfare. It's a warfare about the narrative. In NLP or transactional analysis, psychologies, we call them life scripts. Life scripts are similar frames. And Claude Steiner did a lot of work uh, on life scripts. And what a life script is, is a story that we create about our lives what they have been and what they will be. This starts in childhood where we weave our perceptions of ourselves and of the world around us into a narrative about what we can and will do. These life scripts then continue to have a deep and unconscious effect on how we live our lives. They affect the decisions we make, they control what we think, we could easily do and could never do. They shape our self image, and yet we seldom realize where they come from or even do not know that they exist at all. Our life scripts are often encouraged and shaped by parents and other family members whose life scripts were shaped by their parents and so on. They're called family of origin issues, The Bible says the sins of the Father go three to four generations for those who hate God. God is not cursing our children, our grandchildren. He is saying that we create an environment that our kids have to live in. And this is the first time since data has been kept, this generation is living less long than everyone before. Every single time they did a study, the new generation is living longer than the previous one. Except now, for the first time, it's changed. Look at all the young people dying. Look at all the murder. We don't just kill each other, we chop each other up. And now we're looking for, where's all this hurt? Where's all this pain? And we want to blame other people. We want to, we block an attack. And when we can now say, every problem you have, is because of the color of your skin. This is why the DEI and the CRT. We are programming kids to be victims. And we're programming kids. Tell them they, they suck. They're terrible. They have no value. My little 8 year old boy. He's white. And so CRT and DEI will say he's evil. Because he's white. He's born evil. And then they'll look at an 8 year old. His buddy that he goes to school with. Because my kids are a minority at the school they go to. There are more black, more Asians, more brown people at Burton Adventist Academy in Arlington, Texas. And we love it. All my kids have went there. Two of my kids have graduated from there, and my Benaya will graduate from there. So we are a minority that we love. We live in a neighborhood where we're one of the very few white, but I don't care. Skin color has nothing to do with it. What matters is character. But why does this matter? Because now we're creating all these people that are hating because they've been hated on. If you hate me, I'm going to hate you. You don't think so? Let me show you an article from two days ago. DEI firm allegedly called white principal who died by suicide a weed that should be cut down. The CEO of an influential equity firm, Kojo, K-O-J-O Institute, by the way, listen to this, which lists the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, and Prevention as a client, allegedly referred to a white principal who recently killed himself as a weed during 2021 equity training. After he had the audacity to disagree with a black woman and her claims about critical race theory. How about this one in today's news? Texas district fires first grade teacher, first grade teacher, teaching our six-year-old kids. And I guarantee you, they weren't all black. I guarantee because it, it's Texas. Why did they fire the first grade teacher? Because she was joking. It's a joke. I got my little air quotes up. Joking about killing his, her sister's white boyfriend and hiding the body. And then she goes on to brag about it. Call me every name under the sun, and you know what she says, "But you will never call me unemployed." A Texas, Here's the article. A Texas school district says it fired a self-identified racist, black supremacist. Isn't racial supremacy bad? Isn't the KKK bad? Isn't white supremacy bad? And it is. It is. Then how is black supremacy good? So this Texas teacher, identified as a black supremacist, accused of posting anti-white posts, which included a joke about the violence. Prior to the firing, the teacher reportedly bragged about how she would never be terminated. And some of the administrations laughed off her post because she's black. You can't, they're untouchable. Why shouldn't I hate white people? See, this is why this data is important. Because all these young black people are hearing that white people hate you. Cops are gonna kill you. And so now, here we go. Now every time someone sees a flash in the lights, they're gonna run, they're gonna tap. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Why shouldn't she hate white people, she asked. Isn't amazing? The Mesquite Independent School District, that's where Mesquite, Texas, the Mesquite Independent School District called the post racist, and they are racism. If I like you or don't like you based on your skin color, I'm a racist. If I hire you or don't hire you based on your skin color, I'm a racist. If I like you or don't like you based on your skin color, if I want to share your bed or not share your bed, don't you see? It was Dr. King, that great man of God, who says, I have a dream That one day, my four little children will live in a nation where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. The highly offensive statements posted to her ex account do not reflect the values and standards of Mesquite ISD, and the district condemns them in the strongest terms. That was a statement from the Mesquite Independent School District. However, don't you know that's a big butt there. However, Allen had a different perspective of an initial response from administrators the day before. Y'all have found my job, Alan posted on X. They told me to delete the post, but my job is safe since I did not directly wish harm on all white people. They laughed and told me to watch what I say. They laughed at her. It's so cute. It's so funny, but you got to be careful, okay? You got to be careful because we might get in trouble. They laughed and told me to watch what I say, and I'll be good to go. Just talk to the school board, was her quote. This is her post. Just talk to the school board, and my job is safe. I told them it was a joke, and they know I'm not racist, so, so have fun. The teacher recorded a video of herself walking through the halls of what appeared to be the elementary school saying, Twitter thinks they can take my job away from me. Call me every name under the sun, but you will never call me unemployed. Allen had reportedly posted a text message exchange in which she joked about planning to murder her sister's white boyfriend. She expressed concern that her boyfriend looked like, what, ready for this? A Trump supporter. Don't you see why they gotta get all this going? You gotta hate Trump. And I don't care if you're right right or left, pro Trump or pro. All this is about a narrative. This is about manipulation. This is about fifth generation warfare. Ladies and gentlemen, we are more similar than we are different. We have something like three billion genetic pairs that make up our DNA and 99.89, like 99.9% is identical. So in that one t- one tenth of 1%, whatever that is, that's about 3 million pairs make up the differences. But we all are living, breathing human beings. We all want to love and be loved. We all want to know we matter. We all want to know we're special. We all want to be safe and provide for our families. Let's focus on the similarities, not the differences, because who you are matters. So go out and share the truth and share it with love. I am Black reminding you that when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters, Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you
0: continue the journey of living life like it matters.